Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and Money Mile is where you share a mile with us and we help you live a better life. We are here to help time-crunched, active people looking forward to an active and phased financial independence and who are ultimately interested in leaving a meaningful legacy. In our last episode, we talked about different ways investment accounts are taxed. You had the homework of categorizing your own investments into taxable, tax-deferred, or tax-free. So how did that go? Email me at info at wallerfc.com and I'd love to hear how things are progressing on your end. This is our 20th episode, so I thought it would make sense for us to revisit a couple of our safety bits. This is designed to be listened to in a one episode at a time format and on long steady runs. Please use one earbud at a time and be aware of your surroundings. This is for educational purposes only and should not be considered financial, legal, tax, or even triathlon advice. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a common question I get, and that is, what is a financial planner? And should I have one? I would also like to thank a good friend of mine, Mr. Nestor Vargas, otherwise known as the Latino Money Man, for sharing his thoughts on this topic recently and inspiring me to share my thoughts. If you happen to be a Latino or Latina looking for financial planning advice, I highly recommend checking out his stuff on Instagram and the Green Cards to Greenbacks podcast. Really great stuff in there. And now onto my take on things. First, this is a very reasonable question. Given the number of different titles in the financial services industry and the different approaches of individual practitioners, you could be talking with two different people with the same title and get two completely different experiences. Unfortunately for the layperson, the financial services industry has long been plagued by this idea of titles and trying to distinguish who does what. There is not a clear definition for each of the roles out there, so I will endeavor to share my perspective on the roles and the experience a client might have in working with that professional. Have you heard the one about the airline flight where the attendant asks over the speaker, is there a doctor on board? And a person stands up and says, I'm a doctor. The passenger is then rushed to the front of the plane and is shown to a fellow passenger who is experiencing chest pains and difficulty breathing. The doctor then responds, well, I got my PhD in psychology, so I don't know how much help I'm gonna be. Unfortunately, the financial services industry is similar in some ways, that one person's title doesn't necessarily explain what your experience is going to be in working with them. There are a number of titles out there, and unfortunately, they do not necessarily mean a tremendous amount. The financial services industry, unfortunately, has a fairly low bar to entry. Depending on the title you hold and the services you provide, there may be no educational requirements at all. A few of the titles you might see out there are coach, salesperson, stockbroker, wealth manager, consultant, investment advisor, Vice President. Yes, back in the day, there was a financial services company that was giving out the title of Vice President like bottles of water at an aid station. While I thought this was humorous at the time, I believe that giving someone the title of Vice President to make them look better on a business card is less than honorable. You'll also see titles such as Financial Advisor and Financial Planner. While your experience may vary, I am going to give you a couple of guidelines here. Typically, a financial coach is someone who helps with budgeting and the basics of personal finance. 
A financial advisor or investment advisor is someone that helps you manage what you already have or helps you manage the investments you already have. A financial planner is someone who helps you plan for your future. Financial planners can also help by managing investments. There are lots of differing factors between the titles that are out there, but some of the things you might want to consider are things like certifications. There appear to be a veritable alphabet soup of designations these days, and depending upon what you're looking for, some are more relevant than others. Generally speaking, the Certified Financial Planner designation, or CFP, is still considered the gold standard as far as designations are concerned. Beyond that, many of them provide for specialized advice in certain areas of personal finance. Education. Some titles have an educational requirement, and many do not. Here I'm referring to whether they are required to have a college degree or not. Most of the certifications out there will have their own educational protocol pertinent to that particular certification. An example of that would be the Certified Student Loan Professional or CSLP designation. Within that designation, additional education is required specifically pertinent to student loans. If you are interested in retirement income design, talking with someone with a student loan certification may not necessarily be the best approach for you, but it might not hurt either. The next area to consider around the designations is regulatory oversight. Some titles require oversight and some do not. Regulation and oversight could be provided by a company, an association, or a regulatory body. Next, we have experience. Recent relevant experience in your area of need is important. As I mentioned earlier, if you're looking for retirement income design, talking with a student loan planner may not necessarily be the best solution for you. So you can talk with the individual that you are interviewing about their experience and their specialty. The next area that can be somewhat confusing around financial industry titles are compensation methods. Now, you need to understand where a person's motivations come from. Nobody works for free, and if you're looking for valuable advice, I would remind you of two old adages. One, you get what you pay for, and two, if you're getting something for free, then you are the product. Valuable products and services can be provided through different compensation methods, and you should be aware of how the person that is working with you is being compensated, so you're clear on where their motivations might be coming from. So there are three primary types of compensation within the financial services industry. The first of which is commission. Here, compensation is only paid on the sale of products and services. This area can work great for someone that is not interested in paying fees upfront or outside of investments or products. The other end of that spectrum is called fee only. These folks are compensated directly from the client and fees are clearly and specifically outlined. This works great for people that place a priority on clarity and objectivity. There is also an option in the middle that we call fee-based, which has some commissions and some fees from the client. So you want to understand where the person is coming from that you're working with or that you're interviewing and find the right structure for you, the one that helps you sleep well at night and understanding what their motivations are. Most of the people I have met in this industry are generally good people and are looking out for their clients. Unfortunately, if there is a compensation conflict of interest, it is difficult for the person you are working with to give you objective advice. 
Consider for a moment that you just hired a triathlon coach. Then you find out months or weeks later that the coach also receives compensation from the races you signed up for. In the financial world, we would call this a conflict of interest. It is impossible to completely eliminate all conflicts of interest, but they need to be identified and discussed. Nobody works for free, and you need to understand where there is goal alignment and where there is not. I suggest thinking about the services you are looking for and decide which compensation method resonates with you. The next topic in the room I wanted to discuss is the F word. Yes, the new F word in finance is fiduciary. A fiduciary, as defined by Investopedia, is a person or organization that acts on behalf of another person or persons, putting their client's interests ahead of their own, with a duty to preserve good faith and trust. Being a fiduciary thus requires being bound both legally and ethically to act in the other person's best interest. Now, all of that sounds great. Uh, several years ago, if someone was legally obligated to act as a fiduciary, you were in pretty good shape. Unfortunately, due to some regulatory changes, there are now some scenarios where someone could be considered a fiduciary at some times and not a fiduciary at others. I have yet to figure out how this works, but it is a legal possibility, so something we need to be aware of. So here's the shortcut. If you are interviewing someone that is providing financial advice, consider asking, do you always act as a fiduciary for your clients? Last part here is, do you need to work with a financial planner? The answer is no, it's not a requirement. The majority of my clients are highly intelligent people and they have the intellectual horsepower to figure this stuff out if that's what they wanted to do with their free time. There are no magical strategies that I have access to that the layperson couldn't find on Google. Unfortunately, the strategies I find that make sense for a client are typically buried among a couple of million other search results on Google, and it's hard to know what is sometimes right for you and what's not. A common challenge that my clients are faced with is that they are time-constrained, active professionals, and while they could use their Saturday afternoon to research all this stuff, they would rather delegate that work to me as an expert or someone else in my field that can help streamline all of that extra work. My clients also appreciate the peace of mind to know that I am regularly reviewing things and bringing forth the best practices without them having to be responsible for all that stuff. It has been said that you can Google knowledge, but a Google search won't provide wisdom. Some folks really enjoy this, and they want to spend their Saturday afternoons or their free time figuring it out. And for those folks, I say more power to you, I wish you all the best, and I will continue to provide the best resources and information I can here, and I, again, wish you all the best. If you are considering working with someone to help you, I would suggest starting your search with the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors and the XY Planning Network. If you are looking for hourly work, someone you can pay by the hour and then otherwise implement things on your own, consider the Garrett Planning Network. You will find links in the show notes to all of these resources. Also in the show notes from this episode, I have included a questionnaire provided by the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors to help you understand some of the key things to ask when you're interviewing financial planners. My firm, Waller Financial Coaching, is a state of California registered, fee-only, full-time fiduciary financial planning firm. 
We specialize in providing financial independence advice to time-crunched, active people who are interested in living a great life now and leaving a meaningful legacy. We are not the least expensive option available, but I am confident that we provide the most value for the people we choose to work with. Okay, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I am biased towards my way of doing things, but that doesn't mean that it is right for everyone. I like to think that I provide a tremendous amount of value to clients well in excess of any fees they pay me for advice. If I am not providing value to my clients, I would much rather us part as friends than them continue to pay for something that is not valuable. It has been a while since I had to part ways with a client, but it does happen. Just like you may have said you were going to do an iron branded race every year until you can't anymore, and then you found gravel biking. People change, their situations change, and it's okay. If having someone on your team that is focused on providing financially valuable information and advice to you sounds like it would be helpful, I would highly recommend you try to find someone that can help. You can interview some folks, explore some options, and see if you think they can help you reach your goals faster, more efficiently, or just with more peace of mind. If done correctly, this will not be a lifelong decision that you are required to stay with forever. Most financial planners will have some way for you to have them give you a second opinion on what you've got going on currently. And that will give you the opportunity for a test drive or a test ride to see if the way that they work would be in alignment with what you're looking for. Most of us would probably not drop $15,000 on the latest superbike with at least trying to take it for a test ride. So this can be a low-cost way for you to get a sense of what that financial planner is all about. As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So we're going to talk about a bit of homework for today's episode. The homework is to think about your financial situation and see if you would like to have a financial expert on your team. If you would, please take a look at the resources in the show notes, and I'm confident that this will be helpful for you. I have also included a copy of the questionnaire with all of my answers already filled in if you'd like to have something to compare it to. If you have any questions, please let me know at info at wallerfc.com. Thank you for investing a mile with me. I hope it's been a valuable time spent for you. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too. And I'll look forward to talking with you again next time on Mud Mile.